Well, guys, it only took the biggest story in wrestling since the CM Punk story, which was about a year ago, to finally bring Sean Rossap back to a Friday night. Thank you so much for joining us for your AEW Rampage and SmackDown post-show for July 22nd. A reminder to get in your Super Chats and Humper Chats, as well as you can uh, support us on Twitch and send in your bits and chat at us that way. Uh, I have a feeling, just a little bit of a feeling, we might get a couple of Super Chats and Humper Chats that are directed at Sean, but before we welcome Sean back, because he's literally posting an update to Fightful Select as we speak about the story regarding Brock Lesnar, we're going to welcome back Alex Cardoso to the show. Alex, how are you today? I am doing excellent. I'm so happy to be here with you today. I was paid to say that, and I'm reading a script. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 after weeks of not being on a stream with Sean, this is the third one of the day that he and I are on together. Um, here's how it's going to work for today. Sean is joining us at the top of the show to answer all of your aw rampage and smackdown post show questions now anything about vince that you guys want to get in if you could front load those to the top of the show we'll of course answer them throughout the night this is obviously a big deal but then what we'll do is we'll switch to aw rampage because that's what you guys want to talk about and we'll loop back around to smackdown and talk about that but sean it's been a heck of a day buddy it's been a wild day uh, i know what you guys all want to hear about it is the CM Punk podcast that we did mm -hmm. today at 1 p.m. Eastern talking about the story one year later. Uh, that was that like is, my favorite part of the day. It feels like six years ago, though. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I was literally watering my lawn today and I missed scooping Vince's uh, Vince's announcement. So uh, my God, my God. Uh, but yeah, I'm posting a Brock Lesnar update on FightfulSelect.com. I saw all the, you get worked. And let me tell you, my blocking finger was very happy tonight. Um, we'll talk about that as well. But get in your super chats, get in your humper chats. I am here hanging out for a little while. Uh, I'm off tomorrow. I've got a Reds game that, that I'm attending. But yeah, I, I'm here right now, by God. <laughs> FightfulSelect.com, by the way, has a ton of information on the meetings today and all that. And we did an almost two-hour show. What a mess. What a mess. We sure did do a two-hour show recapping everything that happened. Um, today, I guess what we know is that Vince McMahon has officially retired. We had Steph opening SmackDown with a really brief statement just saying that this was the company that her father built. Um, and that wasn't a ton it, but, uh, <laughs> we, we do have some super chats and humper chats coming in right now. Uh, Ed call saying, Sean, you hold up the show till the Red Sox Jays game ended. This is one of the few days where you'd probably rather be a Reds fan than a Red Sox fan. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. We'll yes. take that. We'll take that. We also want to thank Gorilla Press for gifting a Twitch sub to Cron88. We really appreciate you guys going over to twitch.tv backslash Fightful Gaming. Uh, a really fun way to support us by sending in those bits. Um, we got Kylie sending in a humper chat saying this may be inappropriate, but these um, people that just attack your reporting without actually reading it seriously need some blue chew or something in their lives. You know what? When you organically give love to our sponsors like that, we definitely appreciate it, but... Yeah, Sean, I guess um, we can kind of briefly talk about the disparity of that 
Brock Lesnar was not listed on the internal plans for today, and that is true. There is an update about Brock's appearance at the end of the show that is up on Fightful Select for you guys. But uh, it was a little bit of a crazy day in general, and that included some craziness at SmackDown backstage. The show got rewritten. A lot of the initial reports yep. that you had mentioned were that Brock was heavily involved in the show, and that, not so much. Um We've got Michael yeah, Branson. He, he was not on the rundown, which isn't out of the ordinary for him to not be on the rundown because he was a bit of a surprise and it just kind of lists the matches. However, the entire script was rewritten uh, and by 7 p.m. he wasn't on it. Now, there were actually people in production who didn't even get the rewritten script like past eight, nine, uh, like segment eight or nine or whatever it may be or maybe it was like five or six, but like you can tell where Brock was put in. It was very much a, we can cut a minute and a half off this match and we can add Brock to the end of this type of thing. Uh, I was told that things blew over. Like he did leave. That is 100% accurate. He was pissed off. Brian Alvarez reporting, Brian Alvarez's reporting is absolutely accurate there. He did leave. Uh, PW Insider corroborated that as well. Like there, the, the amount of resources that it would take to work all three different outlets would be so overwhelming because we don't talk to the same people, right? Like we don't talk to any of the, well, I don't want to say any of the same people, a lot of the same people. So I asked like five or six different people. And when you do that, you ask people in different departments as well. Like it's, Yeah. Meaning backstage talent, production, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. That information can come from everywhere. So if they were working that many people over something that was kind of ultimately ended up being pretty insignificant today, that would kind of be a waste of resources. But more chats coming in. One from Joel Wood saying that I have just one question, Sean. I know about Brock, but I've read on Twitter that LA Knight also walked out. Can you provide any clarity? I know he's not advertised next week. Uh, I don't know that, but I will see what I can find out. Uh, I haven't heard, I, I hadn't heard a peep about that. So if anybody can, can uh, send me any information on that, uh, let me know. Fightful Select also, of course, has our Q&A show for Sean. So if you are subscribed, you can ask questions as the story continues to evolve over the weekend. We've got Vince Russo. It's definitely him um, saying it seems Paul Heyman finally <laughs> got his revenge for the fiasco at WWE CW. Bro. You guys are the best. Um, keep those super chats and humper chats coming in again. We're going to try and knock the ones that are related to Vince out here at the top of the show that, so that Sean can answer them. And then we'll pretend that he's going to get some rest, but continue to work on this story. Uh, Michael Branson chiming in via humper chat saying, can't catch you guys live, but I'll watch the replay. What are the chances of them doing a live retirement episode on raw in the next few weeks? That's a good question. I was actually surprised that Vince wasn't announced for Monday. Monday is MSG. So, like, why would I figured if anything, he would be on that because I mean, he made himself in MSG. Like, that was that was like so much, like, such rich in the history of WWF that I thought that that would be like when he wrapped it up. I, I was surprised the announcement came today. I'm surprised they didn't straight up say he will be there. And I figured he would close the show. Can I chime in real quick on that? So yeah. I, I I know for a fact that like that's surprising, right? That he's not going to be there. But yeah. at the same time, man, uh, when you're a publicly traded company, and I've worked in a lot of corporate style rooms like this, 
the board has a lot to mm-hmm. say. And when the board says something or says something, I'm not saying that they directly said something, it holds a lot of weight. And it started with this morning with the news of Triple H, and it just started snowballing throughout the day. And I'm like, oh, boy. And there it was. He was retiring. That board must have been so pissed. Yeah. And he came out on SmackDown and Raw. And, I mean, I had a lot of talent that when when they heard about how he came through the curtain and screamed, fuck him, they were like, my God. Like, they, they is he is he not taking any of this seriously? None of it. It doesn't feel that way. And in case you did miss the news or the previous streams earlier, uh, you know, to me and to a lot of people, it feels like, and I I can't emphasize enough that we don't know this yet, but they did it at 4 o'clock p.m. on a Friday, which certainly seems like they were waiting till the stock market had to close. They wanted to go into a quiet weekend. It's it looks like to me on the outskirts, knowing nothing, that perhaps this investigation is turning up more information that isn't necessarily the best about Vince McMahon and his treatment of talent and finances as the story rolls down the hill. So I think we'll see maybe what continues, but it, it definitely doesn't seem like it was a voluntary retirement. Um, Joel Wood chiming back in. Uh, saying that Vince planned to retire today because he knew it was the one-year anniversary of CM Punk coming back, <laughs> and he wanted to one-up Sean's Punk podcast as one last jab at that, CM that's Punk. What, that's what these companies exist for, is to work the sheets. Like, that's all they care that's about. all they like, do. That's, that's the only thing that they think about, is working the sheets and making sure that we're wrong and all that, yeah. That's it, you yeah. know? I remember a, a, a young CM Punk saying that this company was just going to get taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law, and here we are. Oh so just, just saying. He also mentioned something about him splitting just like Brock split, but, you know, Nostra Punk is a different conversation for a different day. But we got Daniel R. chiming in via Humper Chat. A reminder that HumperChats.com work exactly like Super Chats. If you want to get your question or statement read on air, you can go over there. It does let us keep a higher percentage of the money that you guys donate. So if you are able to do that, I know the the interface can be a little bit wonky, but we do appreciate it so much. It makes it easier for people like me to stay employed here at Fightful. But Daniel R. chiming in saying, do you think WWE will care about tag team wrestling again now that Vince is gone? Goodness, that's my hope. I hope so. If you sign Gargano, they have DIY. And Street Profits and Usos, you can build a division around. What do you think about that, Sean? I think that uh, that they're more inclined to do that. I think they're more inclined to care about tag team wrestling because at most most people most people within the company do. Sure. Yeah, and, and it's, it's just it's, it was a Vince thing. Like that that was always him. Yeah, it has seemed to facilitate single feuds. Like tag team yeah. wrestling has just been a means to an end for singles feuds. <laughs> We got Joel Woods chiming back in saying, if you want to work the sheets, try Blue Chew with the code Fightful. Paying, paying to create segues for us. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So, Sean, before we dive back into Super Chat and Humper Chat world, if you guys can continue to get those in, I'll just ask you kind of a breakdown, too, of what do you think the top creative implications for this are? And then what do you think the top business implications for this are? Because those are two very different worlds that he's had his hands all over for decades. I think that the creative implications specifically are, we're probably going to see less rematches. 
And again, I'm, I'm work that that's a probably <laughs> I'm working on a report that will be up this weekend on why people think that that will be the case. And what, what did you say? The, the business implications? Yes. I don't know that there really will be that many because Vince is largely removed from the business aspect of stuff. That's why Nick Khan was brought in. And look what's happened since Nick Khan's been brought in. A lot of really great things. And they exist on their TV deals. They're a content creation company now. And yeah, I think that, that I think that not much will change from a business perspective. But I also think that uh, from a creative aspect, I think for a while it'll stay similar but I think that from uh, from a creative aspect, probably less rematches. Awesome. We've got Johan Benson asking, do you think Stephanie and Nick Khan would be eager to distance themselves from Vince? It's tough with that last name, uh, especially with more stories maybe to come out. Wouldn't it be better to have as little of him on screen as possible? You would think so. You would think. <laughs> I mean, everybody was surprised there. I had people that were straight up telling me, like, we're going to tell him this is a bad idea to go on screen. And then he did it two more times. Then, after, like, loathing the UFC for, for decades, he's like, ah, I'm just going to pop up on this TV show. And, and I'm just going to be in the crowd at, at UFC. Now, I know he and Dana are, are cordial and whatnot. But my God, man, he was telling CM Punk a few years ago somebody was going to die in the cage. Like, it, it was getting obnoxious to the point of taunting the people affected. And I think that he thought it was taunting the people that were talking about him or the reporters, but it wasn't. It's taunting the people directly affected by it too and showing him how little he gives a shit about them. Do you, I also, A, don't know if this is planning to go up on select or B, know if you know this. So feel free to skip this question if you so desire. But do you know if the, what the feeling in the locker room is as far as relief, confusion obviously Brock was a little bit pissed off but is there yeah. a unified feeling at all that you can tell or is everybody just kind of taking this in as it comes I don't think there I it'd be hard for me to aggregate like the entire locker room because everybody's going to feel certain ways and there's a lot of people that have a great sense of loyalty to Vince McMahon and we see it when people get fired where they'll say oh well Vince loved me but like even afterwards, some of that still continues. And newsflash, if Vince loved you, you'd be there. You'd be there, you'd be booked well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because he made it made the decisions, so yeah, I, I think that there, there are some people that are excited about it. Absolutely, there are some people. Brock Lesnar was pissed off about it, and I'll reiterate this again: Brock Lesnar was pissed off. He did leave the building. 
He did. Uh, they did rewrite the script without him in it, and they did uh, leave a spot open at the end of the show. But uh, it all blew over. It was fine. He came back, obviously. But then there are people that are very excited about it, and like they're asking us, "Hey, do you know what the the totem pole is kind of going to be there?" Because they're wanting to know what obstacles are in front of them because they get along great with Nick and Triple H and Stephanie. Sure. We've got Daniel R via Humper Chat asking us the Vince stuff, the allegations. Was it known to people backstage before the Wall Street Journal article? Or was this just one of those secrets people knew in WWE? Or was it a true surprise? I mean, to me, it looks like Steph might have known a couple weeks before since she went to focus on her family. But do you have an idea of what the board knew versus backstage knew or anything like that? The board knew once April started because they started the investigation. As far as people backstage, it came as a shock to every talent that I spoke to. They first heard about it with the Wall Street Journal thing. And I'm talking like people on main event all the way up to WrestleMania main eventers didn't know about it. Gotcha. We want to thank XR Eric for subscribing to our Twitch channel at twitch.tv backslash Fightful Gaming and for gifting a Twitch sub to no other than Vince McMahon. So uh, he'll have a lot for us to uh, chime in on that he can listen to. A reminder that after this, Sour Graps is also going to be on with Alex Pulowski. Uh, you can get that on FightfulSelect.com. He'll be doing his SmackDown review. And I think, I think Alex might have a few things to say about Vince McMahon retiring today. Yeah, uh, he, he I, maybe. maybe. I, mean, I think he might have a feeling, a feeling or two about yeah. it. But we've got Brian chiming in via Humper Chat asking, uh, since WWE is a publicly traded company, will the results of the Vince investigation eventually have to be made public? Also, do you expect another Wall Street Journal article about Vince to emerge in the future? Yeah, I would. I would expect I would expect more information to emerge. Yeah, I certainly feel strategic to have the retirement at four o'clock on a Friday, um, especially since that's a live show day. Like. You have to really want to do that if you're going to create that much chaos right before a live show. That's what I think. But we have the Aaron World Order, the AWO, of course, for life, uh, <laughs> saying that he didn't really watch SmackDown. He was watching the Jays score 28 runs against the Red Sox. Oh, it just brings fan to my little Yankee Mark Hart over here. But um, those are all the Super Chats and Humper Chats that we have for now regarding uh, Vince McMahon uh again. Vince um, Russo said, glad Lesnar didn't take his elk carcass and split. <laughs> and uh, Derek says, was the backup plan a fake Brock a la Goldberg? So I had never personally reported anything about Goldberg because I hadn't heard that. And I did ask. Usually when Goldberg does stuff, I'm able to quickly find that out because I've got some good connections there. And I hadn't heard of anything uh, as of yet. But Tom LaValle said, Fightful T-shirt winner here with the rumor Brock got a pay boost to come back. Did the VP of live events give him an extra 200 grand? Very clever. But no, <laughs> uh, I haven't heard anything about a pay boost or anything like that. I don't know the, the context of when he left to what brought him back. Maybe he walked up the road and got a friggin' Jimmy John sub or something. But he was pissed and he left and they unadvertised him and rewrote the script without him. So uh, that that's about the extent of that. And then I had one person in production say, well, it was overblown. And they're like, but we did write the script without him. 
like what so uh, that know. sounds like maybe the summer slam main event wasn't necessarily in peril but he was pissed off that day like um i i can understand all of that that's it's a heck of a day to be working backstage there it was a hmm. heck of a day to be sean ross sap <laughs> nice to do yeah. stream number three that you've appeared well. on today but if you do want more detail <laughs> you can check out the stream that happened before this. Oh, we've got the naughty bots in the chat. Oh, boy. oh yes. Oh, yes. Oh, I love them. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I thought that, Give me that was the naughtiest bot that we had around here. But I guess. Subscribing real quick. Hold we've on. Got Joel Jimmy and saying, Sean, you got worked. He just wanted pizza, not Jimmy John's. He had to go take a dump. It was like Paul Pierce in the playoffs. Or your whole sheets versus. Bucky's situation, Woo. which I don't really want to get into. Woo. We got a lot of questions about tag team wrestling, which makes me very happy. Will Kavanaugh asking, do you think we will see more logical tag teams instead of random put-togethers? Uh, as someone that covers NXT 2.0, I would quite, quite, quite prefer that. But we talked about that a little bit more, that hopefully there will be a more logical emphasis placed on that. But again, Sean did a, what was that, a two-hour stream before? Yeah, about an hour and 45 minutes. And... uh I will I will have more events reporting on FightfulSelect.com. We broke our record today, uh, and this was just a few hours after I was like, well, we're, we're in a down month. We're probably not going to hit 7,000 back where we were last month, but uh, we blew past that. We became the first uh, wrestling property in Patreon history to hit 7,300. Nice. So uh, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you guys. We are very okay. much publicly funded. So I want to thank you guys. And uh, Alex, I want to thank you very much because now I don't have to work Fridays. Definitely. Yeah, man. That's what I'm here for. Thanks, I get yelled at. I get yelled at a lot, but it's okay. I'm uh, you know what? Better you than me. Guys, thank you all so much. I'll catch you later. <laughs> Can't emphasize enough how much we appreciate all of your support on Fightful Select. Uh, literally on the stream that we did, deconstructing the CM Punk story and how his return story came about. Sean went in on about an hour on that. At the end of it, he said, you know, I, th I think we'll be short of 7,000 this month, but we still appreciate you. And then Vince McMahon was like, hold my beer. Uh, <laughs> announced his retirement. We got a nice little jump off of that up to about 7,300. And we really, really do appreciate that. Again, like as much as people want to say that we take payments from one federation or the other, we don't. We're entirely publicly funded. So it's very, very much appreciated. We can continue the Vince chat throughout the night, um, and we appreciate you guys sending in those. But a, a reminder that Sean already did a, an hour and 45 on it. If you want to go back and check that, a lot of questions about does it affect Sasha and Naomi, all sorts of things in that. And he does have a Fightful Select Q&A show if you have more specific questions about it. But because there was nothing really too integral um about it what we're gonna do is we're gonna switch over to aw rampage because i get told a lot that you guys appreciate when we do rampage before smackdown so that's what we're gonna do um there just wasn't a ton outside of steph's opener that really had to do with vince's retirement so we're gonna flip over to rampage right now please get in those super chats and those humper chats please go right ahead and uh support us on twitch.tv backslash fightful gaming we appreciate you we also appreciate our sponsors nordvpn We've got a little love coming from StarCast that we're going to talk about in a little bit later. Um, J.W. Pringle saying, with Triple H over talent relations, do you foresee any issues with Cody? Um, 
So that is a, a better question for Sean, but I will say that it seems like a lot of their issues were, were just works. I feel they like were that's all squashed. Works. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't even think it was ever real. I think Cody has said no. before that Triple H was like one of his favorite wrestlers, if not his favorite wrestler rally was there. So I think that was just all in good wrestling fun, bringing back the spirit of competition when AEW jumped. So, um, but let's dive into Rampage. We have Joey Bag of Donuts saying Butcher and Blade <laughs> have the same win loss record as the Yankees in the postseason recently. Sorry, Kate. Uh, Joey Bag of Donuts is now banned from everything wow. in my life and blocked. Wow. So thank you for that. But we do open with Hangman Adam Page and John Silver defeating Butcher and the Blade. A fun opener. I felt like this wasn't the most um, consequential of AEW Rampages overall, but still a fun episode and a, a great way to kick it off. There was a really, really nice flying lariat from Hangman Adam Page in this. Eventually, John Silver and Hangman win with the buckshot lariat, which is nice to see. It's good to see John Silver get a W on television, which is always nice. And it's just nice to see that we're getting some clarity around the Dark Order. I know there's a lot of like, what's going to happen with this stable and them kind of being directionless. But as we saw the, you know, the contracts of two of the members, Stu Grace in and Alan Angels were up. So I think they were probably just trying to figure out if they were going to stay with the company and then move forward from there. Silver and Reynolds, such a valuable tag team. Evil Uno, a great wrestler. So it's nice to see Adam Page on television with these guys. It's nice to see that everybody is still friends. What did you think of this opener, Alex? Yeah, it was it was a safe opener. It, it wasn't, you know, the crazy high flying that we're so getting used to or the hard hitting. I think it was safe. It was good. Um, and like you mentioned, I think the Dark Order are going to get a, a, a boost real soon here in the next couple couple weeks maybe a month or two they'll just keep an eye on those dark order dudes it seems like there is a little bit of tension building between them and the elite so i am hoping for that i think that would be a blast and it would be a really good way to elevate the dark order very quickly without having to do a ton of work do, do you remember when they first came out the creepy what the creepy what yeah called? like the dark yeah the, they were yeah. they would sit on each other they would make the throne uh, of guys yeah. and they were called the creepy bastards or something i remember like that's what the crowd would shout all the time and look at them now fun loving bunch of dudes that just want to have fun agreed yeah i um i remember the in the very beginning i think people weren't really into them at all and then once i kind of found their footing as being like a weird little cult spooky perverts there we go spooky perverts <laughs> the creepers the creepers we love it um but once they had started this, like, we're going to prey on, on vulnerable people thing, and they were doing those really cool vignettes, I, I thought they had really found their footing, and then they turned into something completely silly with with Brody Lee, which was such a blast. Um, I, I'm really glad to see them finding some direction again. So very fun. And like you said, a safe opener, a good opener. You know, this is the final night of Fighter Fest, I guess. So um I don't feel like this had the same juice necessarily as Fighter Fest's past. I don't know if it needed to, and I don't know if it would have been possible to because you had Forbidden Door, you had Blood and Guts, like, and you can't produce like three pay per view feeling things back to back to back like that. I feel like so. Um, I was fine. I, I think this Fighter Fest was great, and we 
still got new tag team champs out of it. So I will. You can't make it. everyone happy. Everyone complains that AEW always has the foot on the gas pedal, trying to go three hundred miles an hour, and that they never slow. Well, guess what? They slowed down and they took it easy, and they gave you something fun and safe. Yeah, and I think I would like to see them get back to some more true to their roots storytelling. But between the injuries to Danielson and Punk, and now Andrade, like. On top of you were doing an all-stars pay-per-view with New Japan, essentially, and then blood and guts. Like, I I think that, you know, sometimes you just weave in and out of things. And uh, I, I have some patience for it, but I do hope that they kind of return to... Don't forget Ring of Honor. And Ring of Honor, yeah, gosh. So, um, yeah, now Matt Jackson, like, big-time injury bug and some creative detours. So, I... Personally, my preference is when they get back to their real house, which I, I think they might be. But we'll move right along to Claudio Castagnoli uh, and his promo, which I gotta be honest, that thought was fantastic. It was so great. Uh, going into Death Before Dishonor, and um, it's just crazy how much they didn't really let Claudio talk as Cesaro in WWE, but I thought this this promo was perfectly fine. I feel like in general, he's looked very comfortable since coming into AEW, just in the ring. Like, he just seems very, very relaxed, which I love. He loved. fits. He really does. This is just, like, the perfect storyline for him to walk into. So, we're going to get him and Gresham, which I'm very, very excited about. Um, and then we move along to what our, our wonderful moderator, Luis, who has been working harder than probably anybody, maybe even Sean included today, keeping track of our super chats, keeping y'all well-behaved in the chat, because some of you are wiling out. Uh, <laughs> we get, <laughs> we get uh, Tully Blanchard Enterprises lurking, he says, uh, slash Brian Cage, as reported by Fightful Select, and Gates of Agony versus Deppin, Zane, and Blake Christian for Death Before Dishonor. That is going to be a blast. I'm a huge Tony Deppin gal. Um, and I love Alex Zane and Blake Christian as well. Like, I think they're great. I know our supporters, the Cease Twins, are big fans of them. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm very excited. I think the way this card has shaped up for Death Before Dishonor mm -hmm. feels like what Ring of Honor was doing mm -hmm. kind of before they halted, which makes me very, very happy. What did you think of Claudio's promo? And what do you think of the card that we're getting for Death Before Dishonor? Claudio fits the mold there at AEW. It's like the the missing piece that you were trying to look for for a while, and you find it, even though you're still you know trying to put the puzzle together. He just he is, and again, WWE they didn't let him speak. Why there was a certain man in power who did not like accents very much when people spoke because it wasn't coming out clearly, and they would have mouthpieces. He would attach mouthpieces to them, you know. But he was one of them. He barely said anything. So it's good to kind of see him work uh, and do these promos and, and really get in the face of people now so that we kind of see his strengths, which he does. He's really good at it. I mean, I don't know why the hell they wouldn't let him talk. But And as far as Ring of Honor goes, I'm hoping that Brian Cage finds his, his, uh, his place there. I feel like... He, I, I feel like I'm maybe perplexed. I am they perplexed. should. I mean, he is. It would be wasted. And I know he's been he's talked about this personally. So I hope that this Ring of Honor card and the way they continue to build it, these guys start finding their way in there. And Brian K should be one of them that should just be tearing people up in, in Ring of Honor. I'm so utterly confused by the 
trajectory of Brian Cage in AEW. He like he had the FTW belt. So is my dog. Buster oh my is even more confused than Brian I has am. His say, put him on. He really does. He's apparently a big Brian Cage fan, which I never knew. But uh, he, you know, he had the FTW belt. He had the face turn, which I think really halted his momentum, and then just wasn't on screen. They resigned him, which was a surprise to everyone, including him, I think. And then it seemed like they were building Tully Blanchard Enterprises around him. And now it seems like he is adjacent to the stable that I thought was built for him. He's not my favorite dude, but he's the kind of guy that a lot of people gravitate toward. Like, he looks like a million bucks. He can still move like a cruiserweight in some respect. Like, it's nuts what he's able to do physically at the size that he's at. Uh, I... I feel like the work that I have liked of Brian Cage was not most of his work in AEW. I thought he had a really good match against Hangman, but other than that, not like a ton that I've loved. But um, I I hope for his sake that they figure out what to do with him They soon. need to figure something I, out because he is he is a monster and he is physical and he is he does things that remind you of what Wardlow can do. Um, so, yeah. Agreed. So I'm excited for that match. I think it'll be good. And how are you feeling overall about this pay-per-view? I think that the pay-per-view, to be completely honest, um, is is I I don't feel overhyped. I don't feel like it's, it's something that I was like, oh my god, I can't wait to. Watch. I feel like it's the beginning and the small breadcrumbs that are about to be laid for Ring of Honor to be made into something viable to be watched and give these execs over at discovery, you know, Warner discovery, um, a taste of what, what we can do if we put them on TV or, or a streaming service or whatever they're trying to do. And I think this is just a great way to start putting down those breadcrumbs to start building for that big uh, ring of honor TV show or whatever they want to do. So this for them has to hit at all cylinders. It's, it's not an incredible out of this world card, but if they do it right, like Ring of Honor usually does, um, yeah, they can they can take this in and run with it. And yeah, by the way, Kate, yeah, your your camera was off a little bit there. I just wanna, what, I don't know if you knew, yeah. That's what I'm hearing. So what I'm actually gonna do is I'm gonna play uh, our Starcast clip, and hopefully when we come back out of it, <laughs> I'm a little less pixelated. But either way, Sean Rossap is here to tell you all about Starcast coming up soon. StarCast 5 looks to be the biggest StarCast ever. I'll be there July 29th to 31st, Nashville, Tennessee at the Nashville Fairgrounds SummerSlam weekend. They've got great panel shows, including reuniting the old Talking Smack team of Renee Paquette and Brian Danielson for sessions. You've got Soraya turning the page, The Last Ride of the Four Horsemen, and Bret Hart 30 years later after the British Bulldog SummerSlam match at Wembley Stadium. StarCast will be capped off by Ric Flair's final match, which takes place Sunday night at the Nashville Municipal Auditorium. Sold so well, they had to move it to a bigger venue. But it's also got another great set of talent appearing on this show from AEW, New Japan, Impact, MLW, AAA. You got Rachel Ellering, Deanna Perrazzo, Jordan Grace in a three-way knockouts match, Killer Cross versus Harry Smith in a rematch of their Great blood sport match. Motor City Machine Guns against the Wolves. Briscoes versus the Von Erics. You got Ray Phoenix, Bandito, Taurus, Laredo Kid in a four-way match. And the show, again, headlined by the final match of Ric Flair. If you're going to be in Nashville, head to StarCast.com for more information 
on StarCast tickets, meet and greets, and last match tickets. For those of you who won't be in Nashville, you can head to rickflairslastmatch.com, pre-order the event, and watch the docu-series Ric Flair, The Last Match, with new episodes every Monday at 6.05 p.m. Do I look like a person? Uh, it's, you know, you're coming in at a little bit of a 244p now, not 144. It's a little bit <laughs> coming back. Yeah, you know, How it's coming back slowly. Uh, it's not your <laughs> fault. Listen, it's hot. Listen, for anyone who, who understands the internet, right? It's super hot. Everyone's home. Everyone's streaming. And each little neighborhood gets like one node. So a million people are sharing one little piece of internet. So we I don't have no you, idea why this happens to me because it never happens on my other streams it only happens at fightful but here we are so uh i just assume that it's sean trying to say I, I have nothing to do with this guys i really don't no you actually don't i think sean is trying to sandbag me just like Britt baker and jamie hater are trying to do uh to thunderstorm but we got a tag match right here <laughs> from Fritz and Hater versus Sky Blue and Ashley D'Ambois. Um, Joey Bagadonis chiming in saying an AEW women's tag team tournament would kick ass. I just want to know, like, do we have a women's tag team division or no? Because I'm just very confused about this. Like, the world champ is in a tag team with Tony Storm. Jade is in a stable. Like, we've got a lot happening. Oh, well, 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 if it isn't the OG, Alex, who maybe can save the day while I log back on and log back in and try and fix my camera. What is on your head? Are you okay? Are you drunk in celebration? What is it's, happening? It's a lampshade. It's the, I don't have a bigger one. I wanted a bigger one that would cover my whole head. But all I got is this little one. I, I don't drink much, so I've been, I've been smashing these Mike's hard strawberry pineapples. And I, I, I think I'm so drunk. You look blurry, Kate. Are you blurry? Oh, I don't think it's you being drunk. Are you celebrating the retirement of Vincent Kennedy McMahon? Celebrate good times. Come on, do 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 do. Wahoo! It's over. It's the end of an era, and we're all here to witness it. It's the greatest thing ever. Hey, other Alex. How, How you are doing? you, man? Pleasure I, meeting you. It's nice to meet you too. Uh, it's weird that I would meet you when I am so drunk, but you are not cool. drunk, my friend. You are happy. I am. There I you am, go. I'm am, going am, to log back off and let absolutely, definitely not acting really drunk, Alex and 2.0, Alex. It's double first. A, baby. There you go. I'll be right back, and hopefully my camera won't. Hey. <laughs> So, All right, well, anyway. she leaves. I'm going to ask you a question, Alex. How do you feel? I know you're super happy, but how crazy is it that now, starting today, every single big event that Vince has created will no longer have him involved? Like, it, let's talk about the biggest one, WrestleMania, right? How yeah. do you feel that he is no, like, this is it, bro. He here's, will never see it again. Here's the thing. It's Vince. So unless he's behind bars... I would not put it past him to come out here and it's in LA. The rock's going to be there. It's like, welcome to Rock Like he, he, he just do it. 
and everyone will go yay and clap like seals because they're I a know. bunch of rubes i hate yeah. that yeah 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 anyway what oh. are you guys talking about rampage who cares yeah. vince is gone <laughs> do i look like a person you... i mean you, you yes you sound like a robot but you look like a person do i really sound like a robot not you anymore were a little you bit did. Anymore, okay. yeah. you did you were like beep boop beep boop my name is kate i mean that's just who i am though so yeah <laughs> alex yeah are you going to be celebrating anywhere perhaps after this stream that you would like to provoke at some point if i have not yet passed out from the drunkenness <laughs> I will be on the Fightful Select on the Sour Graps, and you should show up and keep me sober. So, Alex, he's chiming in saying, nobody is paying attention to the quality K. Alex has a lampshade on his head. All right, well, I'm, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the liquor store and see if I can get anything harder than hard lemonade. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Thank you for crashing our party in the most fun way. Bye. The sour Graps, I will be joining extremely sober alex uh doing that and we're also doing the death <laughs> before dishonor post show on fightful select behind the paywall denise and will will be doing the the regular channel but don't you want a younger sexier post show with alex and me come on i am i am so young i am 20 years you old are young Salcedo. so are that is so, young so, and you are I mean, sexy wait, i i said her name wrong sal 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 Sue, Sue, studio nailed it. Okay, good, <laughs> good night, everybody. I'll, no, no, not good night. You'll come see me later after this is over. Goodbye. Yes, absolutely. The that was news. <laughs> that was a great got, run in by Alex. Got got a feeling some kind of way over there, uh, as I figured it would, because I don't know, like, I don't know what Alex looks like when he's not fueled on rage by Vince McMahon, <laughs> to be honest. I've never done a show where that was not the case. To, so we'll find out. But this is like this is the best day of Alex's life next to the birth of his daughter and his wedding. I'm pretty sure it's like it's right up there. But um, I think what we were talking about was Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter with Rebel Not Reba versus Sky <laughs> Blue and Ash the Damn Blah. Not going to lie, this was a little bit messy, but... I still liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, we, oh, and I think, okay, sorry. I, our segments were, I think, a little bit out of order, but that's totally fine because we're going to talk about the twisting neck breaker that Britt locked oh, in during this yeah. match, which was fantastic. This was a little bit uh, clumsy, but I can take clumsy when it's like hard hitting and in the name of ass kicking. So, what did you think of this match? And are you interested in this? tag program of thunderstorm versus brit and jamie hater uh i think the whole i don't know i don't want to see I, I feel like that it's bordering that whole like um rematch thing even though they really are not rematching right but i just to me it's like can we see thunder rosa fight somebody that's not yeah. brit in the championship reign? yeah that's right yeah. that's exactly where i am mm -hmm. yeah because i'm like all right cool and yes it was messy and i feel like the problem is, you know, when you put them up, and Sky Blue, Sky Blue is a professional, so you know we've seen, I've seen her around in many other um, wrestling uh, events and and whatnot. So, but you know, I don't know, uh, was it needed? Was it a? a it was obviously to make them look um, strong and, and to continue them, you know, BSing towards Thunderstorm or whatever. I don't know. I just you said it we said it on the on the top of the show today's episode was a safe episode it wasn't nothing to brag about 
um, be some hard hitting that, like you said, that twisted neck breaker off the side of the ring was pretty good. And let me tell you something, you're going to do it on someone like Sky Blue, who is still young enough to take that and <laughs> back up, okay? You're not going to do it on someone who's been around for a while, you know? But yeah. Of course, I should mention have uh, Britt getting the pin here with, or the submission rather, with the lockjaw at the end. If Britt has a superpower, it is finding the camera, especially at the end oh, of matches. Man. She's so good at it. It's very entertaining. Um, but I'm with you. I kind of feel like they really shortchanged Thunder Rose's reign. I feel like the matches that she's delivered have been great, but I like the idea of her and Tony Storm together uh, because I think it's an easy way to extend Thunder Rose's reign while they build up competitors for her. But I do feel kind of like, I don't know, like I... I expected more after having had a uh, heel champion in Brit for so long. Like I thought Thunder Rosa was going to come in and feel like a fresh, a breath of fresh air. I feel like Thunder Rosa is so great in the ring. Like she's one of my favorites. I find her to be a fantastic wrestler. I think she looks like a million bucks every time she comes out in her badass gear, but um, they just, in my opinion, have not done a great job building feuds, which is a shame because her match versus Tony Storm was great. Her match versus Serena was great. Her match with Nyla was pretty good. Like, so they're, they're I, I just want to see her. Fate. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I feel like she could be putting over some of the younger talent that's there. Um, I'm hoping she gets into this Chris Statlander Athena business a little bit. I think that would be a really fun way to go because no matter who in that emerges. I think it would be a great match, um, but they gotta they gotta build up some credible heels for Thunder Rosa, and I feel like they're missing out because she's she can make so many different people look good. You should be elevating your younger talent with her. Yeah, and I also I also feel like um, it's cool that you're putting all these uh, women on television by doing these tag matches and you know whatnot, but. I, I feel like maybe instead of emphasizing so much on all these tag teams that are not going really anywhere because there's no real tag team division for them. I, I mean, unless there's something being planned backstage that we don't know about, um, which could very well be true. Uh, you know, put more women up on the main show. Put, you know, match the, the amount of, of matches with, with the men. And I understand that maybe not all of them are ready for for that, you know, spot, but... You, at some point, you got to bite the bullet and start really making, like you said, these stars and start in some, you know, heels to go up against uh, Thunder. Unless you make Thunder or Ro uh, Rosa a heel, like she turns on 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 Tony Storm because she messed something up or whatever. Like that could be a really great back and forth there. If those two go at it, best best you best bet they're gonna tear the house down. Yeah, and I feel like you know you could. Um, build up something really compelling with Mercedes. You could build up Anna J yeah. just turned heel. You have Tay Conti sitting right there as a heel now. Like, there's options. I hope they learn how to take advantage of them before the magic on this rain runs out. But a reminder to get in your super chats and your humper chats, guys. I know today has been a weird day. I know this is my third stream of four for the night. Um, we're going to circle back to a couple of Vince ones. Um, We've got Flame Inc. asking, do you guys think that AEW will come out and mention VKM? Love him or hate him, VKM was the reason we have wrestling the way it is today. There would be no AEW without WWE. Hope you both agree. Um, you know, I don't know. Tony Khan does a lot of like shit posting tweets, which I actually find <laughs> funny. I know some people were he like, that today. was classless. And I'm like, <laughs> who cares? Like, 
he did that when they had the relationship with Impact. Like, he's just out there having fun. He takes a lot of shit on Twitter. If he wants to dish out a little bit, I think it's funny. Um, well, he is now but, the longest tenured uh, uh, wrestling promoter. What's funny is it's like not even true. But it's <laughs> like, it's who cares, right? Who cares? Uh, I don't think they're going to be doing like any, you know, honorary video packages or anything like that. Um, but I do think that, I don't know, if anything, and I, I think it'll be peripheral and... <laughs> You know, he's like, we can't ignore the fact that he's retiring basically in disgrace. And I also think we're going to see what the rest of the report looks like, the investigation looks like before anything else happens. Vince commercialized professional wrestling and turned it into an entertainment, okay? Uh, professional wrestling was around way before Vince, and it will be here, obviously, as of today, way after Vince. So uh, the AEW does not have to acknowledge anything. I'm sure Max Caster is going to probably soon say something really great in one of his raps about this but i don't think that they should even acknowledge it i mean if if none of this would have happened right then yes AEW would probably say hey give him his flowers because the man did some some great stuff by commercializing professional wrestling and, and you know infusing it into pop culture but with the way that he went out i don't think so yeah, and again, I think we haven't seen the last of whatever's in that investigation and that report. I think it's very possible that you see stuff that you didn't know was going to be leaked. And, you know, if Vince McMahon could do anything, I think it would be to, to disappear, to not be able to be found. Out of sight, out of mind, man. Out of sight, out of mind. I think he would want to just be surfing the net and not really have anybody know where he is. And by God, if there isn't a better way to do that than with NordVPN, Sean Ross Sapp is here to tell you all about it. Thank you guys so much for watching this show wherever you are in the world. But no matter where you are in the world, you can be wherever you want to be with NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Change your virtual location with just one click on all of your devices phone laptop desktop pc router tv doesn't matter you get that threat protection as well block online trackers block annoying pop-up ads and malware and help protect yourself when you're on that unsecured wi-fi and you're traveling but also when you're traveling maybe you miss your shows at home maybe you've got a service and it says oh no sorry you can't watch that right now you're out of the area not with nordvpn.com fightful you can be wherever you want to be and also subscribe to a lot of services abroad that allow pay-per-views much more affordably than in the US get a great deal get a month off and get a 30-day money-back guarantee with nordvpn.com slash fightful there you go guys get nordvpn hypothetically if you want to get death before dishonor tomorrow and you you know, wanted to take a trip out of the country to watch it on Fight TV instead if you were wishing you were somewhere else so that maybe there was an alternative way to watch it that doesn't have so many glitches. There happens to be a VPN out there. I'm not saying that's what you should do, but I'm not, not saying that's what you should do. So uh, we're going to move right, right along. Uh, we've got a uh, great match here from Lee Moriarty and Dante Martin, in my opinion. I thought this match was a ton of fun. 
we got a really nice cravat early in the match, which is like just my favorite wrestling move. I love, here's what I love. All right. I love a good cravat. I love a good snapdragon suplex. I think it's the most underrated type of suplex. It's my favorite kind. Um, but I, I like moves that look very simple and painful uh, that are also very easy to protect your opponent in, which is fantastic. Um, but I, I really liked a lot of this match. I don't have a ton written down about it because I was just watching it. And so there were just some really great chain wrestling sequences that were in it. Uh, but the big piece of storytelling here is that Lee Moriarty uh, goes for the roll up and he cheats to win, but in a way that kind of leaves it open to the viewer and leaves the story open a little bit. Um, he grabs the ropes as he's, as he's rolling him up and it looks like something you would naturally do for balance, but it also uh, is is a cheating tactic. And during this match, we have Stokely Hathaway coming down the ramp. Respect for Stokely Hathaway because he changed suits. I just appreciate anybody that's going to change suits from AEW Dynamite to AEW Rampage doing, doing right by the business, respecting the business. But he's clearly trying to, to scout out Lee Moriarty as a client here. I thought this match was fantastic. He beats Dante Martin. We get Seidel set up with Lee next week. But my only gripe here is that it seemed like Gresham turned on Lee Moriarty last week to turn heel. And now Lee Moriarty seems to be leaning heel anyway. What did you think of the match? And what do you think of the story implications? Yeah, I thought it was fun. I, I, I think that these guys... Um need to a little bit more airtime these young dudes we need them we need them to be on television a little bit more we need their stories to progress a little bit more um and outside of outside of of rampage um obviously we've seen um so much of uh dante martin uh and he is so damn good yeah, those everything he does drop in kicks were insane. oh my god lee moriarty is really good as well and i messed that up his last name but that's just the way because i'm puerto rican and i mess up names um <laughs> my, my hispanicness comes out guys i'm sorry but yeah these two kids man i can't wait to see what they're like in in the next five to like 10 years in between from now and then man like they are the future and they're incredible that roll up the way he pinned them and then hung up on the rope that was like it went seamless you would have never told me that yeah they planned that no because it just went one two three bam done i was like whoa wait a second yeah it was it was really well done i i enjoy them and i hope that they're um they put more time into their story and it leads to something bigger give them a spot on on one of the pay-per-views it's seven hours long yeah i feel like that's a fair point if we're gonna get uh really really long pay-per-views they should at least be done in a way that is kind of helping elevate the young guys along for the young guys agreed agreed um we've got ari davari uh coming up which is exciting he's gonna be at death for dishonor with uh slim J and cheeseburger and eli awesome i'm so excited i'm a big fan of world famous cb cheeseburger one of my favorite dudes um so, and that Death Before Dishonor card, we talked about it a little bit. It's shaping up to be something special. Of course, join Alex and I on the post show if you are a Fightful Select subscriber. Where it'll be fun because Alex and I get to talk about a product that we like. So, 
that's a nice refreshing change of pace for you Sour Graphs listeners and watchers. Additionally, uh, we're going to have Denise Salcedo and Will on the main. But yeah, check out the post show with us. Hang out with us. We love it when you guys do. And I think it should be a great pay-per-view. But we move along with a rap battle with Lil Scrappy. There were like three rap appearances in one night, which was really, really fun if you were in the live crowd, I'm sure. Um, but we had Gates and we had Jermaine and now we have a little scrappy. So this is pretty cool. Uh, Casey Pelletier, I hope I said that right, saying, really could have done without the mild homophobia, but I thought the rap battle was surprisingly good on both sides. Caster continuing to slip anti-gun bars into his raps gives me life. Yeah, I think it's very difficult to um, walk the line of what's edgy and feels authentic to a rap battle versus what is um, like too like what's too safe and what's off off topic, right? Like what's too far. Um, but I I don't know. This segment, to be honest, like didn't really hit home for me. But I know you are a big big Max Caster fan. What did you think of this segment? And what did you think of Lil Scrappy's appearance? Hot take moment right here. I love Max Caster. Uh, I think he is a, a future all-star there at um, AW. But I am sorry. This attempt at entertainment was not well received, uh, at least by me. I don't know if you guys on the chat, how you guys felt. Kate, I don't know how you felt, but for me... I it did not hit home. It was one of those we could have done without this. It was it was corny. It's showing my age saying that. Um, <laughs> it was like yeah, cool. They were trying to go for the little shock factor with the raps because that's what rap does. And I understand having all these rappers there. You want to integrate them into the show as well. It gives you cred, right? That street cred. If that's what the kids say. Um, but no, no, I, I could have done without this. This could have been a a, a YouTube moment. Yeah, I wasn't here for it either. I think they were always going to be working at a disadvantage because the biggest news of the day was, um, like, not able to be integrated because it wasn't a live show. Uh, so that's just going to always be tricky. The only line that I really liked that kind of stuck was that their whole style was booty and that's why they call you ass boys. That's fine. Like, there was nothing really necessarily wrong with the segment. I just felt like it fell kind of flat. But I also, like, I'm a Bowens gal. And now that he's back, I just want to see him fight, dudes. Like, yeah, that's, just, that's yeah, all yeah. I want. I, I also, you know, like, the whole, like, oh, the whole John Cena thing. And then, like, you know, using the whole sucker thing. Like, all this. I understand it's part of history and you want to use it. But, you know, let's let's move forward and make fun of each other a different way. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I know this, this, this was, this was, I don't know. To me, it was just bad. Sorry, guys. I for the first time, Max Castor let me down. Yeah, this this just didn't never clicked in for me. But I think that the live crowd probably really loved it, especially with such a long live taping. Like I think this was probably really fun. But Bala uh, agreeing with us saying I enjoyed the rap segment it was fun, but it's not the eight mile rap battle. I enjoyed it. Um, so I'm sorry, disagreeing with us was totally in. Um, but I'm glad that people liked it. It just, it didn't feel like I got any like real fire out of it. But again, the biggest news of the night was something that literally could not be incorporated in any way, shape or <laughs> way, shape or form. Before the main event, we get everything announced for Death Before This Honor, including um, Colt versus Anthony Henry and Rush 
Uh, I'm sorry. Colt versus Anthony Henry and Rush versus Dragon Lee additionally announced. So both great matches. I love Anthony Henry. He is so hard hitting. I also love Colt Cabana very much so. A lot of people get on me about being a Colt Cabana and a CM Punk Mark, but the personal drama is not my issue. I love both those guys on my screen. So Colt Cabana sighting I'll take it. in 2022. Heck yeah. And I think, you know, they said that he, the movement is probably going to be for him being an ROH, which I think is great. I think it's fantastic. Um, he has a lot to offer growing talent. I think that's awesome. So um, Kylie chiming in saying, are y'all willing to give any Death Before Dishonor predictions maybe for the title matches or if we'll get a weekly show announced? I'm really hoping for that weekly show. Um, I'm trying to think. if Luis, if you're able to, could you either pull up the card or copy and paste the card? Because that would be very, very helpful since Excalibur reads it. Uh, at a speed that's faster than my internet connection apparently is right now. I don't know what's going on with my camera, but I see your chats. There's not a ton I can do about it. Um, our moderator saying Excalibur needs to chill. Damn. So he's going to pull up that card for us and we can run through and give some predictions. But before we do that, we will talk about this main event with Jay Lethal versus Christopher Daniels. Always love seeing Christopher Daniels in the ring. Uh, you know, he's kind of like half in retirement, half out, but this was a really solid match to close the show. Again, this wasn't like the most monumental episode of AEW Rampage, but that's okay. I was still entertained by the matches that were put on. Uh, eventually, this ends with a lethal injection that gets countered. Uh, Daniels goes to hit the Angel's Wings, and the lethal injection gets hit again. Not my favorite finisher, because the handspring doesn't really add very much, but uh, I think that the match was perfectly fine. We also see Satnam Singh with a huge gorilla slam after the match. The commentary team doing a really nice job here of pointing out that he was falling like 10 feet in the air because Satnam Singh is about seven feet tall as is. Love Caprice Coleman being on commentary. I think he's great. Um, what did you think of this match and what are your feelings on Satnam Singh so far? Well, I'll start off with Satnam Singh. I am Big dude, uh, the way he threw him around at the end there, that was crazy. But um, they, my honest opinion is they should take their time with him. Um, don't just throw him out there just to have him and just, just show off that he's a big dude and he can throw people around. Um, they should really, really take their time with him, show him the ropes, get him, get him worked in the ring, teach him how to wrestle like a big guy. You know? Um, yeah. You were going to say something? Sorry. Oh, no, you're all good. I was just going to say that I was a little nervous in the beginning that they were going to have him and Samoa Joe in the ring right away. Yeah. But it seems like they are more in, in the vibe of taking their time with it, which is good. I think Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe would be a great match. Um, so we'll see. We'll see yeah. as things unfold. But it does seem like they're trying not to hot shot him. So that's a really good thing. The, match, about the, the match on my end was pretty good. Daniels is a ring general. You know, he's yes. out there, you know, you, you understand that there's people missing and, and stuff, um, you know, with injuries. So I'm pretty sure he was like, hey, just send me out there. Let's do a little some some the next couple of weeks and, you know, he'll step in and and get thrown around and do whatever. But I mean, he's in great shape. He's still doing. Um, I mean, I've been watching him for a long time. So since the original TNA day. So, yeah, the man has not lost a beat. Sure, absolutely. We got Volop chiming in saying that 
Excalibur won the rap battle. Him announcing the Death Before Dishonor card was absolute rap god. He uh, has better flow, I think, than Max Caster had today. That's that's impressive. It's impressive how uh, how quickly he can do that. But we're going to run down this Death Before Dishonor card. We've got Allison Kay and Willow Nightingale. Uh, I I think you got to go Willow there. They seem to, if she's not going to be an AEW, I think she'll be a fixture of that ROH women's division. And Allison K seems to be doing her thing with NWA. What are your thoughts? Same Willow, Willow all the way. You, you can kind of tell by the card who's going to, who's doing what <laughs> yeah. and who's going to be sticking around. But yeah, most definitely Willow on this one. So you got my boy World Famous TV and Eli Isom versus the Truth Busters, which are uh, Slim J and Arya Davari. I think the truth busters take this. What are your thoughts? Same, a hundred percent. They're not just gonna drop Ari Davaria in there and just have him lose and just disappear. No, yeah, I think the truth busters take this. I think so too. Um, we've got your six man with Cage Lenoir and Khan versus Deppin, Christian, and Zane. I think it's gonna go the way of the cage side. I prefer to go the way of the death inside, but I, I think booking wise, they got to make Brian Cage feel important here, right? They got to make this new stable feel like it means something. Yeah. I feel like uh Brian cage, uh, you'll see Brian cage destroy Cole Cabana there at the end or something, something, something's going to, something's going to happen. I, I feel like, but keep an eye on Brian cage. Brian cage is going to do something during that match and it's going to go his way. I'm they thinking have to. so. They have I to. think so. Yeah. Um, we got Cole Cabana versus Anthony Henry. This one's tricky because they seem to be building up Anthony Henry. Um, but I don't think you want Cabana losing. My gut instinct says Anthony Henry, though. What do you think? Uh, yeah, and I jumped the gun there. I was talking about the second match before the, no, other one. Okay. yeah, um, yeah, uh, Anthony Henry on this one. Very excited to see the righteous back in play in ring of honor they i believe have the titles right now versus dalton castle and the boys i'm gonna say this goes to dalton castle and the boys based on the fact that dalton castle was on battle of the belts and that the righteous still seems to be doing whatever they're doing an impact over there and we see the titles change hands what do you think yeah no i i think anything that has to do with with people that are coming from from impact is just I, I you, unfortunately, you just see the writing on the wall there when it comes to these matches with these outside people coming in, and sure. and it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't. I mean, listen, stranger things could happen, but yeah, it's true, it's true. We got this was one I feel like can go either way, so I'm gonna get your thoughts on it. But what do you think about Wheeler Utah versus Daniel Garcia, dude? This match, this is the one out of the whole card that I'm looking uh, forward to. These two guys are going to kill guys. They're going to kill each other. Okay. So <laughs> just, just keep an eye on how good these guys are going to be in the ring. And they're going to show you why they're going to be the future uh, of ring of honor. Cause I, I feel like they're going to put Daniel Garcia full time there too. I feel like there's going to be some, sh I mean, I know he's part of, of the JLA or the whatever, jazz. but yeah, the jazz, <laughs> whatever the hell they are, but um, they change names every week. Um, they might. I mean, I feel like he fits. He would fit perfectly in Ring of Honor. You know what I'm saying? Um, I feel like maybe Wheeler Yuta keeps it. But 
I, I've been feeling a little like, I don't know, maybe. This one's tough. Yeah. This one's a tough one. I think Wheeler retains simply because I don't think there's an. Well, actually, you could have Daniel Garcia take it, and then you have Claudio take it, and then one side of that feud has it. But I think you want Blackpool Combat Club having a lot of gold. So I'm going to say that Wheeler Uter Do they need it? With who they are and the way that they are, do they need it? I think. I think because you're, they're basically a faction of the best of the best, right? So I think they need it more than maybe Daniel Garcia needs it right now. Um, I do think, regardless, this is going to be the match of the night. I'm, I'm really, really, really excited for this. Part of that is because I have such high expectations for the other matches, and I think we're going to see like, hey, this is the future of pro wrestling in front of you here, which is yeah. exciting. But um, yeah, I, I think this is just going to be incredible. But We've got Roosh and Dragon Lee. I think Roosh is going to win. Would be my yeah, guess. same. Yeah, Roosh. Roosh. Uh, so by too. the way, he he's badass looking, isn't he? Yes. He looks like he he looks like you, someone you don't want to cross paths with in in a dark alley. <laughs> the dude, the dude is is nasty looking. Yeah, Roosh needs to go over because we haven't besides him running around and doing things for whatever. Like you, he hasn't done anything. Agreed. Agreed. I think that's going to be great. If you were following the Ring of Honor product before that, you also have seen this match before, and it was fantastic. Um, we saw yeah. it at, I think, Best in the World, which was wonderful, so I'm looking forward to seeing that again. We've got FTR versus the Briscoes, another one that could go either way. Knowing that the Briscoes are signed, and this is a two out of three falls match, Man, I think you want FTR to keep all the belts, but I feel like the Briscoes might win them so that they could lose them in a in a blow off. But I don't I, I don't know, man. I think no. like you seven star FTR is on such a roll right now. But yeah. the news did break that the the Briscoes are signed to the new Ring of Honor product, which is very exciting. I know there was some hesitations about TV executives and putting the Briscoes. Um, with their style and some things for their, from their past on weekly television. But it seems like for now that's subsided, at least for whatever the Ring of Honor product is going to look like. Um, this match, their first one, was one of the best tag matches in the history of tag team wrestling. I'm very much looking to a two out of three fall rematch. If you didn't see how they were promoting it on Twitter, I encourage you to seek it out. The face promo that we got um, was was absolutely fantastic from Dax on television. Um, what do you you think FDR is retaining here? Yeah, man, this is a tough one. I think it's going to be one of those like last second, you know, um, back and forth false finishes. Sure. You know, and then you're going to see FTR take it. I, I just don't see FTR giving it up just yet. You know, um, they're they're hot right now, and what are you going to do? Give it what are the Briscoes going to do with it right now, to be completely honest with you? There's really no real programming for ROH unless they're integrated into Dynamite. So let's just, yeah, I think FTR all the way. I can see them retaining. I also think it's a really good idea to, to have FTR working with younger tag teams. So yeah. maybe I'll keep that as my prediction. I'll go with FTR there. I could be 100% wrong, guys. You can tell me later. No, no, no. This is like there's a couple that I think can go either way, and I think this is one of them. But I don't know. I think FTR is having an all 
time run right now. Some of you don't mess with that. But I, I just felt like there should be a rubber match between these two. So we'll see what happens. But we've got Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal. I feel like I don't know with this one either. Part of me thinks it switches hands to Jay Lethal and he kind of goes back to his roots in ROH and Samoa Joe goes and does his thing on AW television. But what do you think? Yeah, I think Jay, I think honestly, Jay Lethal has been really um, putting some work into these promos and into the whole thing, into the whole match. Like he's been carrying this match. I hope you know this. Like he really has been. Um, and I think that he might just take it, you know? So does, does Samoa Joe really need it? No, he doesn't. We know Samoa Joe. He's going to give you amazing five-star matches every time he's in the ring. I think Jay's going to take it. I think so, too. And I think you want Samoa Joe on that first Ring of Honor pay-per-view. That just feels right. But I think he's going to be an AEW yeah. talent moving forward. Um, so I'll say this. We know your thoughts on Stoke Hathaway. It's well documented that you don't like Smart Mark Sterling. What are your thoughts on Sanjay? Um, he's he's so annoying, but he's Stop! not. But uh. he's not. He's not pushing me away. You okay. get what I'm saying? Like he's funny, annoying. Like when he came out with that shark wheat hat <laughs> the other day, and he's like fixing the pencil in his head. I think I think it's pretty funny. Smart Mark is just. He's trying too hard. That's the problem, right? Sanjay's not. He's just who he I is, and love, I love it. I love making him come on here and talk about Sparkling Sterling. It's you like know, my sorry, sorry. Thing. I mean, he hasn't. <laughs> he still hasn't proven himself. He hasn't done anything. He's running around with security guards. Come on, man. With Tony Nese. He got punched Who's in the Tony face. Nese? He got who? punched real hard by Kevin Yo, James. that was <laughs> that was stiff. That was stiff. You know, he told him, "Just lay it on me. Don't worry yeah. about it. Lock it in." Yeah. Lock it in. All right. Well, now we know Alex's preferences for wrestling managers. What back. do you What do you think about um, Stokely and Lee? Is that something that piques your interest at all? Uh, say that again. You You broke off. Oh my god. I'm sorry for my tech issues, guys. What do you think about? It's okay. About Stokely and Lee Moriarty. Does that pique your interest? Yes. 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 I think that he can really, really elevate him. Um, because. Stokely's so good on the mic um, that these wrestlers should just concentrate on going into the dude <laughs> going into the ring and <laughs> and it. just killing people. You know what I'm saying? This guy just wow. I love that wow. you're just like for having an opinion about Smart Mark here now. Just like, it's an opinion, guys. Guy. Everybody loves Smart Mark except for Alex. So. Oh man, there come on, go. guys. Luis. Saying, no smart mark slander. People love wow. the smart mark slander commercial was great. <laughs> buried, bro. Buried tonight, and I'm here for it. I'm also here for Mercedes versus Serena. Ooh, I think that could be a real, real fun. I want Serena to go over. I think she could help a, what's going to be a new women's division in ROH so, 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 so much. Um, so that's my pick out of this. I could see Mercedes retaining as well, but I'm going to say Serena fits the ROH brand and, and could really, really help growing talent. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's, I, man, it's just Mer Mercedes right now to me is a little bit bland, you know, <laughs> a little bit bland, like, like vanilla yogurt. And um, 
So I feel like Serena might take this. It'll be her, her championship to keep and have everyone chase her. Just have everyone chase her. You know what I'm saying? And really create a great Ring of uh, Ring of Honor women's like division. You know? Sure. I think so too. And I I feel like because we don't know what to expect out of the, of that division. Like Serena's Serena's the the one to go to, and your championship Gresham versus Claudio. I think this is going to be an all time match. I think this is going to be ROH history, Oof. and I think I think you have Claudio take it. Really, I do. You think they're gonna just hand him a title after just coming in through the door? I do. I think um, with a heel turn from Gresham and. Claudio being so I don't know I just I feel like Gresham he's the first, Gresham the perfect follow up Gresham's going over I'm sorry to tell you this All right I wouldn't be he, mad about he it He is going to be a sneaky hard hitting heel okay and I know that you got the code of honor and all this stuff but he's going to piss some people off for something that he's going to do to poor Claudio and I think Claudio does not need a title right now Claudio's hot without a title the title's gonna do nothing for Claudio. Nothing right now. He's he yeah, but is... I think I think it's the other way. I think I think the title might need Claudio. I think you are. You think so? I do. Maybe, I think... Is it because of, because it because of the name power? The, you think I, he's bigger I think than Gresham. Name... Yeah, I definitely do. I think I think the name power and the cloudiness around whatever their TV launch is. I think you want Claudio giving that some major credibility um, right off the top. I think ROH nerds like myself would love to see Gresham keep it. Yeah. But I I think the right move would be to give it to Claudio. And again, I just think you strap up with Blackpool Combat Club with as much gold as you can, right? Because you got Moxley, you got Wheeler, and now you have you Claudio. You just want all of uh, the, the, the club to have the entire... <laughs> I think I Give think it's a, a great story. I think it's a great story that you have this violent technical stable walking around talking about how they're better than everybody, and then they have all these titles that backs it up. Right? I I, like I agree, except that they should take their time with it. I agree, but I okay. think that the, the I think that what they should do is you know with these pay per views and battle of the belts in between the pay per views and now Ring of Honor having pay per views. You build up to that, and it then you have that incredible, that incredible picture of every single one of them holding up a, a title. That's fair, but I do think Claudia will probably be like a transitional champion to Star Sterling. True, you know, I think it Jesus just makes sense to, to put the. Title you know, you you you're making me you're making me rethink things. You could have Gresham now be you know you, you always want somebody to come in. And Chase, and he'll be a great Chase. Great on the mic, great and physical. Just beats the crap out of everyone because he wants his title back from Claudio. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, okay, okay. You got me. You got me there. But I will never change my mind about some corny ass lawyers. <laughs> All right. Well, that was AEW Rampage and our predictions for Death Before Dishonor. 
A reminder that you can join Alex Pulaski and I behind the paywall tomorrow after Death Before Dishonor. It'll be my fifth stream in 24 hours, so please come support us to keep you awake. Uh, <laughs> we very, very much appreciate it. We got James Bowers chiming in saying, a bit sad we don't get to see Brody Lee versus Claudio running back from their early days. Yeah, that is um, definitely something that Brody Lee is looking down uh, happy about. I think. And you know what? We do get to see us Claudio versus Eddie Kingston. And uh, I think Brody Lee would be very, very happy about that too. I, I really do. Um, but I do think about him in, in times like that. Like it, it does sincerely bum me out and, and pull at the heartstrings. Uh, we got a couple of super chats and humper chats that we're going to click our way over to. Um, Oh, let's see what you know, doing. you know what too, just the fact that WWE dropped the ball completely on Claudio. Now you got me thinking, man, gosh darn it. Now yeah, you're right. I think just I th it'll it'll be such a great scene to have head. Claudio holding up that belt, man. I think I the recognition of his name when you're trying to now sell people on a whole other set of pay-per-views, I think it's probably a good call. Is anytime man saying would love to, for Danielson to be the only one without a title if he were to come back? Oh man, that's a really good story. Gresham versus Danielson was also something they were very heavily hinting at, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, but some super chats and humper chats. We've got Khan who subbed to twitch.tv backslash fightful gaming with Amazon Prime. It's true, you get a free month with Amazon Prime, so please use your subscription there if you can. There's a lot of fun stuff going on in the old Twitch channel. Uh, I actually, before I ever started, was playing this very weird simulator game with Jeremy called Marbles, where it just assigns your name to a marble, and there's no literally no strategy to it. But I'm hyper-competitive as this Jeremy, so we had a pretty good rivalry going on there. But head over to Twitch.tv backslash backsplash backslash fightful gaming my brain is about as fried as my computer i guess uh we got ricardo the mark asking <laughs> what time does sour graphs party starting well apparently my co-host has already started with his mic's heart and a lampshade on his head he is absolutely celebrating um the retirement of vince mcmahon Behind the paywall, we we let a little bit more Lucy Goose, so I'm sure we'll be talking more about Vince's retirement there. Um, Christopher S. saying Claudio, perfectly fine, Castagnoli. He's great. He's so, so, so great. Um, but yeah, uh, moving right along. I don't know what this means, but perhaps you do. Nancy Argentino, Tom Cole, Chatterton, and Massaro, and others are not random names. They are moms, sisters, daughters, and friends because ah, because it's legal doesn't mean it's right regardless of what McDevitt might say. We're not trying to start like any um, feuds in the chat. Uh, so please just watch yourselves. Our moderators has had an, enough of a day today. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I mean, overall the Vince stuff is, you know, he's going out in a, a whimper of disgrace it sounds like, like I'm, I'm pretty convinced that four o'clock on a Friday is an incredibly strategic time to announce that you are retiring. Um, and that's pretty much handwriting on the wall to me that more is, is going to come out. I think there's probably a whole bunch that we're not going to find out too, which is even more alarming, but, um, you know, 
here we are. Like, there's definitely disgusting real-life implications of it. It's a black mark on his legacy. It's also 28 days, years to the day of the steroid trials, which is just some eerie synergy. It's a year from Sean breaking the CM Punk story, as a lot of people have pointed out, which is wild. But, um, you know, people have, have varying degrees on it. They say that if it's, you know... Um, some people don't think it's that big of a deal because he didn't use company money. I think that we know of at this point, he hasn't used company money. Um, there are people, myself included, that find it absolutely repulsive that he was putting women in a position to choose between their careers or sexual acts with him. Um, I think a lot of people fall into that. And um, it's just clearly not, him retiring by choice here he has said many a time that he would he would die in the chair right yeah he said you would have to pry my dead cold hands he said yeah but you know it was what i told you and sean earlier is it's the board holds a lot of power kate remember that well it's tricky because he had 80 percent of the vote on the board up until now so yeah i don't know what the what the what that looks like now how much of it is pressure from the board how much of it is pressure from the board from whatever might be coming down the pike again we don't know anything but it just sure reeks of that them announcing it after the stock market closes on a friday like seems certainly like something is is coming in that regard but we also have sky Sind renewing his twitch sub for two months well thank you guys we're getting a lot of love on twitch today and we really really appreciate that um, a reminder to get in your super chats and humper chats about Vince and about SmackDown. There are, and this is a new low because we've had situations where there was one super chat about the program before. There are zero super chats about SmackDown, so I'm assuming that we are going to roll right along here. But we do have a couple that are about Vince. James Bauer is saying that I won't miss Vince. He's done some appalling things as a person, promoter, and employer. Good riddance. Sorry, not. Sorry, that's a, a fair take. You know, I think there's a lot of people that can acknowledge the legacy of what he did for professional wrestling on American television and also acknowledge that there's a lot of moral bankruptcy that came with that. And that dates back to well before this latest scandal. You guys know what I'm talking about. I don't have to go into detail. I'm sure it was all stuff that was going to be left out of whatever Puff Piece documentary they were creating about the guy. But, um, you know, it's it's been decades of that. So I, I think that's a perfectly fair take. I'm someone that started watching in 09, so I don't really have any attachment to the, like, post-Screwjob Vince McMahon character at all. Like, I understand the significance of it, and there's parts of it that I was entertained by, but there's just something where you go back, like, and look at that stuff. If you weren't watching in real time, it's just really not that, like, um, like... Not that the Monday Night Wars don't mean anything to me, but they don't hold the same weight as somebody who was watching the Monday Night Wars in real time, right? So, um, I don't know. What are what are your thoughts about this, I guess, just overall, man? Uh, I'm going to unplug my camera and replug it in. I'm sorry. No, Let's go see. ahead. I feel like um, I was talking to the other Alex, and I basically just asked them, I said, how do you feel or what do you think now what the world of wrestling is going to look like in WWE when you no longer have the man that created um, something that we've been watching for 30 years, 
right? With Monday Night Raw and, you know, and every other single pay-per-view that he's been a part of. I mean, guys in the chat, like, how do you feel about that? Like, how do you, I know bad things happen with him, but now he's gone, man. Like that legacy, that, that, that process of putting matches together and knowing that everything that he did was his ideas and his thoughts. Like, who do you think is going to be taking that pencil now and, and running with it, you know? And obviously this retirement thing, obviously like, like, like Kate said, it, it just, it just came at, uh, at 4 PM on a Friday night. We all know why, um, it all has to do with money and how things are moved. Oh, you look great. Yeah. Hey, oh, wait, wait, it's crashing again. Whatever. We're just going to roll. It's okay. It's okay. But yeah, I just feel, I, you know, I, I was just asking everyone in the chat, like, how do they feel like personally, like, man, so many bad things happen, Kate. Yes, we know a lot of behind the door close things like, you know, that, that we probably won't still know and we will find out about soon. But damn, like he created Monday Night Raw. For 30 years, I've been part of what this man has done. Like, there's a legacy there. Um, the WrestleManias, the Royal Rumbles, the Summer Slams. The, and it, it kind of feels like a little part of me just got ripped out and said, well, you know, you got to kind of like now just let that go because he was an asshole. You know? <laughs> yeah. You and know? even just the comparison of watching it through a child lens versus an adult yeah. lens, right? Like, it's just a yeah. weird thing. It's a super tough situation because um, I don't know him personally. And will I be sad when he passes away? Yeah, because again, it's someone that I spend so much time watching throughout the years, the Monday Night Wars, sitting there with my dad every Monday night and watching Raw and talking about the Mr. McMahon character and everything that he has done throughout the last 30 plus years. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm at a loss for words. I... I think they made the right move, though. He needed to step away and not just like step away and come back later. He needed to just let this go. Exit the and, picture. And it might be his swan song and he might still be involved and we don't even know. <laughs> he might be sitting in his living room sending notes, you know, like we don't know if he's still creating matches and saying, this is what I want you to put on. Like, we don't know what kind of power the man has. So you know but for what we know right now there is no longer as of today a vince mcmahon involved in anything professional or entertainment in wrestling any longer and they're going to be grooming nick khan to take over the company this whole stephanie thing it's just again deflect 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 here's stephanie here's stephanie while we're doing this over here with this hand and Nick Khan is eventually going to take over this company because Nick Khan's goal is to turn this into a media company to sell to someone else. So, yeah, I think there's a fair division of labor there, though. Like, I think Nick Khan is the numbers guy, and Steph is Steph is phenomenal yeah, at the PR side and the interpersonal relationships within the company side. So, I think there's like a pretty clear line about what that should look like. But I do agree with you. I think this is all being set up for a sale. So yes. We yeah. got Christopher S. chiming in saying that wrestling <laughs> has more than one royal family, which I appreciate so much, so much. We got Henry Casey chiming in via Humper Chat. You guys can go to HumperChats.com if you want to let us keep a little bit more of your donation than what Super Chats give us, saying, what would be your ideal change in a post-Vince WWE? 
Um, that's a broad question, but I would say um, creative that makes sense would be the best place to start. And listening to fans would be a great place to start. You Doing know that things like having your champions win on television and pushing people that the fans want to see rather than just who Vince likes, I think is a really great place to get back to making an authentic product. I was just thinking about the fact that, and I was talking about this before, you know, really our, our, the people that we watched growing up, you know, that are now in their, in their fifties or whatever, late forties into their fifties are now going to be stepping up and, and running that company, uh, you know, like basically running matches and doing things, you know, sure. Um, you know, number one guy is uh triple H, you know, sure. This man's going to have a lot more now to to be involved with behind the scenes. I don't know how much longer Bruce Pritchard's going to last where he's at right now. You know? Yeah, I think Bruce and Kevin Dunn will probably yes. be making their exits. Kevin Dunn more immediately than Bruce even. But yes. we've got Jake Neal chiming in saying, appreciate the work that happened while he was in charge. And to be thrilled that he is facing repercussions. He has such an ego. This is the ultimate L. I agree. It's really nice to see someone have consequences for their actions. Like we know someone else that ran around that did a lot of crazy things and flaunted it, still flaunts it, and never hasn't even gotten in trouble. I am not gonna mention it on here, but you guys should <laughs> you guys should know. And Context you know what? clues are real. Yeah. This this man was best friends with Vince McMahon and yeah. was always involved with him. So now here's the big question. Are you ready for this? What will WWE will... be like with less camera cuts? Because I'm very excited. Well, that too. I <laughs> I throw up less now on my living room floor. But <laughs> what, what is going to happen? Are Is Vince McMahon going to be put into the Hall of Fame? <laughs> you guys, you want a hot take hotter than the smart Mark Sterling hot take? I'll give you one. Yes, and it doesn't matter. Sorry. It's not a real place. Everybody loves to get so mad about the WWE Hall of Fame and the Bellas don't deserve to be in there and this and that. You can't even visit it. It's fake. They they bought ground in Orlando. It's being built. I'm just letting you guys like know right now. Like 10 years ago. Like it's, it's being fake. built. You can't even visit it. The last, the closest thing to an actual WWE Hall of Fame that they had was the WWF restaurant in Times Square. It's not a real place. It's fake. So hypothetical. I mean, I mean, Kate. I mean, I don't know. If I, I'm gonna just whisper this in your ear because nobody else is gonna hear this. But we're talking about a business that's built on fake fights. So you know. <laughs> I know, but like people, like the the discern that people have of. I know. Yeah. Of a of a Hall of Fame. That's actually just kind of bolsters my point. Like, it's I can't even go visit it. The Hall of Fame is one night a year for like th- four hours. Who I think the 2023 Hall of Fame is going to be is going to be headlined by Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Probably. And he's going to be inducted company. by The Rock. Is the guy whose company it's been going to put himself in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, probably. And <laughs> he no, did say no, but the the Undertaker will be the one to induct him for. God. And then he'll sure. give us a. I'm sorry, Undertaker was my favorite growing up, but now he's that he's a professional speaker. I don't care about him anymore. <laughs> I'm just, they just shoved so many, hey, the Undertaker's retiring segments and documentaries and stuff down our throat that I was like, 
I know. I guess we can get back to having Cody being shoved down our throats again. I would. Uh, I'm. I miss it. I miss it at this point. Give me a Cody Vader. Give me a Cody countdown clock. I miss oh, it. God, I miss it. I but no comment. No comment. We do compared to what's going on. I'll take it. Um, but we do have Stephanie McMahon kicking off the show. Essentially, you know, not a long-winded statement from her. She just said earlier this afternoon, my dad retired. This is his company. There were chants for thank you, Vince. And she basically just said that, you know, this was his place. And that includes not just the wrestlers and not just the fans, but the production and the staff and all of the spectacle that goes into creating sports entertainment. And, um, you know, kind of just confirmed what we already knew. And that was really the only place on the show that it um, was really mentioned in any way, shape, or form, which I, I actually think was probably the best case scenario if they were rewriting it because Brock walked out too. Um, that yeah. was, I'm sure that we're probably like, let's just do the safest thing that we can. Well, you um, said what um, McAfee put on Twitter. You know, he's like, I know not, not everyone's perfect. You know. Yeah, there's a difference between being perfect and having yeah. some of the skeletons that some are pe- in Vince's some people, closet. Some people, until something tragic like that happens to them or somebody in their family won't won't realize what they're... Yeah, or they're just, you know, propped up to do whatever they're doing. So I'm not totally surprised by that, but the feelings of Pat McAfee do not the, reflect the feelings of I'm sure. Me. I'm sure the board said, yeah, you could acknowledge the fact that he retired. Don't go into it. Yeah, and that's that's perfectly suitable. There wasn't really a need to. Um, but we do kick off the the rest of the show, I guess, with a kind of weird little triumvirate of promos with the Street Profits who come out and essentially hype up the crowd. Then we get Theory saying that people don't really care about what the Street Profits are doing. Um, he They care about what he's doing at SummerSlam, which will be beating Bobby Lashley and cashing in. Then the Usos emerge, and then Madcap explodes from behind the curtain um, to set up what would eventually be our main event. Not a ton here. This felt like the show got written 14 minutes prior. Um, This just felt like a hodgepodge of a segment to set up what we got later. I don't know if you have anything to to mention about it or say about it. No, just moving along. (laughs) Um, that's pretty much. Pretty much how I felt. I I think we got this question on the stream that ran until 7.50 p.m. Uh, a lot of, with Vince being gone, do you think anybody's pushes will be reignited or stalled? The overall feeling was that Ciampa would probably get a better creative push and that theory might fall down the card um, with Vince no longer being in control. So we'll see. We'll see. I don't think anything will change too drastically until... After SummerSlam, maybe later in the year, but there's a lot of stakeholders involved. Change isn't going to happen overnight, I don't think. No, um, don't forget about the major deflection, TV14. That's coming down the pipeline, too. Oh, yeah. Andrew Zarian's got more for that for, <laughs> that for all of you. Um, we love Andrew Zarian. He's great and very supportive of us. He was in our stream earlier today, actually. So go follow Andrew Zarian. He rules. But uh, the first match of the night is Nakamura and Ludwig Kaiser at a rematch from two weeks ago. The match was fine. Um, I know, shocking that we would have a rematch. The only thing that I didn't like about it was that Gunther provided a distraction 
which seems very un-Gunther. Like, the whole idea that the mat is sacred, I feel like, is built around clean wrestling. And I don't really like him interfering with this match. But ultimately, we get Kaiser winning with a, a pretty cool modified DDT sequence that we got to see. Um, this is fine. Like, these two guys are going to put on a great match, no doubt about that. Um, and then we see in the post-match, Gunther chop Ludwig Kaiser to little baby bits, but only <laughs> with one chop. So I don't know if if you win, do you only get chopped once? Or was this because Gunther had to help him win that he was getting punished? It was a little bit confusing, but the match was good enough. What did you think? That sounds like me misbehaving at the mall when I was a kid. <laughs> How many times did my mom smacked the shit out of me? Um, I think it was all right. Um, yeah, really weird to see that whole that Gunther being, you know, jumping into the match the way he did, like, you know, for the distraction, like, it just, it made no sense. And where are they going with this? Is he, is Gunther gonna uh, break up with Ludwig? Or like, what's happening? Like, I don't understand. Why is he beating the crap out of him like a, like, like he's my mom and me in the mall back in the day. Like, I don't understand it. Yeah. I'm still, I, I'm still, I, 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 I'm not piecing any pieces together. So, Alex had great alternative booking for this on Sour Graps last week of saying, basically, subscribe to Fightful Select for it, but essentially saying, like, this should have been, like, the first time Ludwig loses, Luther picks him back up and says, like, look, the man is sacred, you did your best. And then the more he loses, the more frustrated he gets. And then he chops him once during one of those losses, and then... Um, you know, he just goes ballistic on him and, and to build it out in a slower burn that way, which makes way more sense. He also had a book where you had the full force of Imperium, including Fabian Eichner and what a cool story that would be. So go seek that out if you do a Fightful Select because it was some of the best booking that you could have ever promised with that. Um, but we'll see where this goes. I think there's one of the few things that has translated pretty well. Um, but this was just weird that he was chopping him after a win and they didn't clarify what that was about. Our friends at Mad Men Pro Wrestling saying we will tell Andrew you said hi. Well, thank you. Please do. He's awesome. We got Matthew Plus being nice, which is so weird, but saying just here to pull Louise over, give him this money. Louise got triple pay for our stream before, I'm told, I think. So that's awesome because Louise works harder than you guys know. I think he has the hardest job here, to be honest. Those your super chats and humper chats and the naughty bots that come in from time to naughty time bots. that he has to take care of and people getting hot in the chat. We really appreciate Luis and all of our moderators and the hard work that they do. We've got Jake Neal saying that I watched SmackDown for the first time tonight in a while and I've seen seven-year-olds and on 10 pounds of pixie sticks make more sense than the show. Um, I'm sorry. Listen, I'm a... I'm... I just didn't understand. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm sure there's something happening here, and I'm sure the bigger picture will show itself soon, but stop chopping the man down. I mean, I'm all for it, but you have to justify why you're chopping yeah. someone to death. That's yeah, all it yeah. is. <laughs> make it make sense. I, someone said I need a therapist or a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want a lawyer, you can call Smart Mark Sterling, one of the most entertaining people in wrestling television today. Moving on. We move along to Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan for some reason, where um, Ronda acknowledges that Caleb Braxton has a cute dress, which is very important. It was a cute dress. Um, 
Liv says she needs the title more than Ronda, even if she's not a better in-ring competitor, which I thought was a good angle to take in this feud. Um, Ronda says, I'm going to beat you, and you better shake my hand the way that I shook yours, because honor is real, as Ring of Honor has taught us. Um, but then Rhonda says she has more passion than Liv does. And that was confusing and annoyed me because I was hoping that Rhonda was turning heel. Um, I, do you have anything that you want to discuss no, with this? To, no. Do you think Rhonda's going to beat Liv at SummerSlam? Uh, say that again. You broke out in my ear. Do you think that Rhonda's going to beat Liv at SummerSlam? No, I hope not. Let let live run a little bit longer, man. Take her, take it down to like, uh, you know, uh, what's it called, Survivor Series. I hope not. I mean, what what's what's why is Ronda gonna need the belt again? I don't. They do so much flippy floppy stuff with with the poor women's championship, man. Just let Liv do her thing, man. Like continue oh, building her up. What if Charlotte comes back? Oh God, man, stop. Yeah, that's where I, That's where I think that's going, but. We'll move along to Corbin <laughs> attacking Pat McAfee um, and getting, we got an awesome Pat McAfee promo here. Um, Corbin kicks the hell out of Pat McAfee essentially while he's on commentary. They go to commercial and then they replay literally what just happened right before the commercial break because they are terrible at pacing their shows. An amazing kick though. And then we get a Pat Mac promo where he basically calls Corbin a big dumb baby, says he can't use diaper rash as an excuse to get out of their match at SummerSlam, and says when he kicks him in the head, uh, he will have a nap for good. Pat McAfee is probably their biggest baby face in the company right now, and there's two things with that. One, there's a ton of credit to Pat McAfee for that. Two, Booking and creative have been pathetic for a really long time. That Pat McAfee, an announcer, is your most over babyface in the company. This is probably the best build going into SummerSlam, which is pathetic because it has zero titles around it. Um, Pat McAfee is not a full-time in-ring competitor. That's ridiculous that this is the case. But this is probably the thing I'm most excited about because I've seen Brock and Roman 940 times. And I've seen Becky and Bianca a bunch while I think those matches will be great, especially Becky and Bianca, the thing I'm most excited about going into SummerSlam is Baron Corbin and Pat McAfee. And I got to tell you, that just shouldn't be the case. What do you think of the segments that we got here? And what do you think of this feud overall? I honestly have no care for this feud. Okay. Um, like, it, me it means nothing. It's going nowhere. That's cool. You're building up Pat's resume so he can continue wrestling and become better in the ring, which he's doing an incredible job of. He's very athletic, very, very good on the mic. But other than that, um, I I prefer Michael Cole's role uh, when he was... <laughs> remember that? When Michael Cole was training to be wrestled to get in his, in his match, and he had the box, the plexiglass box around him so no one mm -hmm. could beat him up. Yeah, yeah. I'll take that over what's happening right now. All right. And you know what's funny? I thought that was bad. It was. It was. <laughs> it was, my friend. Moving along, we got the Viking Raiders defeating Jinder Mahal and Shanky via countout while the New Day was on commentary. A couple noteworthy things about the New Day being on commentary is Xavier Woods mentioned the IWPG and the ROH titles on commentary, which I found very interesting the day of Vince's retirement that Xavier would do that. 
um, certainly gave me some pipe bomb chills of maybe I'll go back to New Japan, maybe I'll go defend it in Ring of Honor. I'm also a sexy and punk mark that can recall stuff like that off the top of my head. Uh, but I, uh, you know, there's not really a lot to say here. I don't know if you guys heard, but the Viking Raiders are both new and vicious. They want you guys to know that really bad. I don't know why. Um, but this this whole match was essentially uh, a right hand to the sky scraping Shanky, who scrapes the sky. And wow. then them double taming Jinder and throwing them into the New Day on commentary. Um, so I don't know. This is being used to further the feud between the Viking Raiders and the New Day or possibly a triple threat, I guess. We're going to get the New Day and the Viking Raiders, the new vicious Viking Raiders next week. Anything to write home about here? Uh, so, no. What is yeah. happening? <laughs> <laughs> any did it any interest in the fact that xavier woods mentioned two wrestling promotions that are on the do not mention list on the day Actually, of his retirement yeah i'm glad you brought that up again because that was my i was gonna answer my initial thoughts about this match with that um who is sitting in mcmahon's seat in the back who's feeding the guy sitting on the on the table now right because... They haven't delineated that, but my guess is it's probably Bruce Pritchard. Okay, because I feel like the New Day will get away with saying stuff like that. Like, what's Bruce going to do to them? Nothing. So I think it was great, and I think they should start using more uh, freedom to speak out the way that they did today on the table. Because I, it took me by surprise. I had to, like, double-take and... Do I rewind that? Because I thought I just heard something that I wasn't supposed to hear on this television show. Yeah, it's ridiculous that you can get fined for mentioning other wrestling promotions. Yeah. But I definitely think that was a choice that was intentional by Xavier Woods, considering it was, it was done um, on Vince McMahon's retirement day. Very interesting. The fact that that's the most interesting part of the segment, sad. I'll um, always remember what I was doing when that notification popped up saying that he was retiring i will too i was i had just finished I, <laughs> I did i thought you want to know something funny well quick story time real fast um Matt Men pro wrestling who is wonderful please give them a follow they always have accurate information when they break it and just incredible content so all it is the bruce time. pritchard we okay love them. I think it's Bruce Pritchard yeah. announced as head of creative. So we'll we'll see if if that sticks around. But I'm glad they at least had a point person there. But um, this morning I tweeted, uh, today's a great day to subscribe to Fightful Select. I did not know what was coming. The reason I tweeted that was because I knew I was going to be on Sour Graphs tonight. And I knew I was going to be on Overbooked After Dark with Rob and Maggie. And um, then I got added to a third show, which was sean recounting what went into telling the cm punk story and and that whole thing and i was like oh i'm gonna be on select three times today i'm gonna say that today should be a great day to subscribe to fightful select this afternoon around 4 p.m that changed a little bit uh <laughs> subscribe to fightful select to get the most accurate wrestling news and information uh especially about this story now as it involves sean's going to continue to update it over the weekend again we have that q a show on fightful select on mondays as well um but uh yeah it was just 
just a very, very interesting day that it turned out to be. But we move along to what I think was the only actually interesting part of the show. We got Seamus and Drew McIntyre. And I think for the first time in months, I heard what sounded like an authentic pro uh, promo out of Drew McIntyre and probably the only authentic thing on SmackDown in a very, very, very long time. I was relieved that this promo happened because to me, it seemed like Drew McIntyre looked at what was in front of him and said, this doesn't make any sense. Um, and he kind of just spoke to the things that do make sense about his very long and extended history with Sheamus. He told Sheamus to stop being a little bitch. And I know I'm sick of little bitch and balls promos, and we got both of them here, but it was done in a really authentic way. He said, I traveled the road with you. I signed to this company at the same time as you. Why are you doing this? The championship is held hostage by someone who's not there, and the challenger is someone who's basically around equally not as much. We need a viable contender for this title. Why are you being such a little bitch about this? What a great promo that has nothing to do with fucking sword, Alex. I was really, really relieved about that. Then they brought it back to this weird sword angle. Seamus says, I'm not going to fight you tonight, but I'll fight you next week if Adam Pierce will allow it, which he did later. Um, he said, I've seen what that sword can do because last week, Drew cut the top rope and then Pyro went off because he cut the top rope with his <laughs> the sword, broke. sword that is named after his mom. So, um, you know, none of that made sense, but I thought Drew was awesome in this promo outside of that. He's also never used the sword in a malicious way against any of his opponents. I don't know why the stipulation isn't, um, you know, ban the clowns from ringside that interfere in the matches all the time. Did you like this promo at all as much as I did? Um, did you appreciate that Drew McIntyre at least took a detour? Uh, I felt I felt that it finally um, sounded something outside of the cookie-cutting Drew McIntyre of every week that I've been listening to for the last two and a half years that I just want to rip my freaking... Uh, eardrums out and probably step on them. Uh, yeah, so it was pre it was fun to finally just yeah, it was good to Here's see him outside. Take, right? Yeah, like it's just damn like because he just sounds so robotic every time he's out there. But yeah, I I hope that maybe this is the new direction that they're going, letting people talk a little bit on the mic. You know, with the new day, having uh, uh Drew, you know, spit something different and 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 have something out of character the way he did, you know, sort of, not completely. But yeah, but you but like you said, they had to bring it back. You know, yes. You know, we needed the sword there. We needed the pyro that lit up the T D garden, uh, and they called the fire department. Like, you know, they needed all that stuff. <laughs> of course. It just makes no sense because the sword has literally never come into play versus an opponent. Um, my other Alex, the original Alex, uh, is starting Sour Graps on Fightful Select right now because the show is going long for obvious reasons. I will hop on there for a little Sorry, bit after Alex. this. Um, don't apologize. I'm the one steering the ship. That's my job. Uh, to, to finish sooner than we are. But we've got Bollum chiming in say, he's got a sword, Danny. Um, I want Drew to win the big one in front of a crowd. I do want him to win at Clash at the Castle or whatever that thing's going to be called. So um yeah I, I was just relieved because this felt like the drew mcintyre from like you said like two years ago two and a half years ago which was a much more entertaining version 
Well, we move along to Raquel Rodriguez versus Sonia Deville. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Sonia Deville has back muscles. And if you didn't, Kevin Dunn zoomed in on her deltoids for reasons. Um, I won't miss his work if he is the next one out at WWE. <laughs> um, but here's an important statistic before we get into the match, which Raquel won with a Tejada bomb. Um, there was a really cool jumping DDT that um, Sonia threw out there that Raquel countered, but then threw Sonia on her hip, which cannot be a fun bump to take. But since Sonia Deville and her Jeremy Lambert from Fightful, who is always accurate with this stuff, tweeted that Sonia Deville is one eleven and one in her last thirteen singles matches, including an zero and six record since returning to competition after her loser leaves WWE loss to Mandy Rose. Um, she is far too skilled to have that record. She is far too valuable of a talent, especially right now in the women's SmackDown division. Um, and she also, like, her whole character has been around abusing authority. So if she's doing that ineffectively, there's something wrong there, right? Dude, that's insane. I had no idea. Nor did I. Had this poor woman has just been sitting around, wasting away, talented, great on the mic, could could hold herself up in a match, you know, and make her opponent look good uh, doing it too. And this is what they're doing. I mean, you can tell why two other ones just left the company, right? Just, yeah. Just saying. For sure. And with the exits of Sasha and Naomi, I mentioned this before and I'll mention it again, that there are no black women on WWE SmackDown and there is only one in Raw. She's thankfully their champion, but they need to put that awareness back on their screen, especially with the new changes that are going at the higher ups. I hope that's something that they are increasingly aware of. Um, but we move along. Uh, oh my goodness. Well, first, before this, I want to acknowledge that Throwback97 got a 19-month subscription on Twitch, which is especially cool because he just had a baby today. Thank you so much for that kindness and congrats on the baby. He says, what's good, guys? Hope you're having a killer night. Today has been a, one of those insane type of days, buddy. You're telling us. Whew. Uh, thank you guys for making this day better. 19 months sub on here. Thank you so much. Congratulations on the little kiddo. We're so happy that your baby is here happy and healthy. But um, yes. no, it's not happy and healthy. It's this feud between Aaliyah and Lacey Evans. Aaliyah goes to stands in the ring while Lacey Evans delivers the same promo she's been delivering for the past few weeks. It's um, not working. It's not working. Lacey's not working. Aaliyah just looks like an absolute idiot because she just stands there while Lacey runs down her in the crowd and just hit her. Just hit her. Just kick her. Just do something. What are you doing? She just stands there. Eventually, she makes a move at Lacey and Lacey says, I'll get to you. And then Lacey hits her in the head because, duh, of course. I don't know what this is accomplishing. It's not working on any level for me. I don't know about you. It's not this. The Lacey experiment is 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 done. It's gone. It sucks. It's really bad. And please, for the love of God, stop using my Marine Corps as a means to try to get any type of reaction for Lacey. It's it's unbecoming of of who you are. Uh, drop it. You know, yeah. really, because it's not going anywhere and it's disgraceful. Like someone should 
like speak up and say something there has to be some a veteran in there that has to say like yo guys like this is this is dumb because i'd be that first one to say like can you stop because this is stupid yeah and it's just very weird that in addition to her service they used all of her trauma to turn yeah. her heel yeah. which she was already a heel before that like it's just Please. it makes absolutely absolutely no sense but um uh, our moderator, Louise, talking, circling back to Sonia, says, also the last time Sonia won was against Naomi in a handicap match mm -hmm. with Shayna. Yikes. Yikes. But we move along. We get uh, a quick promo here from Jeff Jarrett, who we know is going to be the special guest referee, basically just saying he's going to call it down the middle. I'm not going to go into detail on that. Um, <laughs> we have the reveal of Maxine Dupree. Oh, God. Which, uh, it's Sophia Cromwell, and the fact that it's not Ginny from NXT UK is kind of ridiculous for a lot of reasons, including that Gunther is, like, one of the things that's working on your main roster right now. But just shout out to our moderator, Louise, who called this Pointing Lady Speaks, because Sophia Cromwell in NXT has been paired with Von Wagner, and for a couple of weeks, all she was doing was pointing to him in the ring, and now she stands next to Mr. Stone who is his manager and also kind of co-manages him. Nobody knows what's going on in the Von Wagner picture, but it turns out Maxine Dupree, who looks nothing like LA Knight, um, is his sister of some sort. It does nothing confirmed at Fightful, to my knowledge, at this point, but it sounds like LA Knight was also someone who walked out um, with the Vince retirement news. I, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's been confirmed by anywhere credible, but... Um, we move along to the Street Profits and Madcap Moss defeating the Usos in theory via DQ of theory using the Money in the Bank briefcase. Shocking, I know. Um, the big thing to come out of this is that Brock Lesnar did appear on television after he did walk out and came back. You don't have to tweet at Sean that we got worked about it because that's simply not true. Um, but... You know, I was actually kind of looking forward to this match because it was something we hadn't seen before, but it just really didn't click in. I was kind of grading on a curve tonight in general because it was such a weird episode, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what to say about it. it. There weren't any spots that seemed particularly impressive to me, but basically Theory gets out of the way of a spear and uses the Money in the Bank briefcase to beat them down with. And then uh, Brock Lesnar comes in and does what Brock Lesnar does, delivers some F5s. We saw him deliver F5s off the top of the pods in Saudi Arabia at that pay-per-view. So, um, so there you have it. That's your SmackDown. They do get Brock. He wasn't really, like, truly in, in ring action, but he did show up, which is good because I'll tell you what, if they had tried to guilt trip Naomi and Sasha and Brock did the same thing and got no heat for it, I was going to be real pissed. But it seems like they did manage uh, to get him back on television. So that's how we close the show on a very, very weird day. It certainly feels extremely secondary. Um, what did you think of this main event? Uh, I like, I like that they're giving Matt cat more reps. I, I, he's, he, he's, I like him a lot. He's, yeah. There's, there's they, something now, there with him. Yeah. Now that they took off the stupid ass gimmick off of him, like he is, I, I like, you know, he looks like generic wrestler number one when you play uh, <laughs> WWE 2K22. But other than that, he's um, he's coming to his own. Uh, he's 
like I mentioned all the time, like these guys that are physical and athletic in the ring, he is one of them. Like he can move and he can sell well because it's all about the selling, right? How to make the opponent look good. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to be doing with him. Sure. Continue, continue doing these like seven man, 14 men matches, whatever you want to call them on SmackDown is fine. That's just building his repertoire out there and, and eventually lead to something bigger. Um, but yeah, other than that, the show, you know, for the first time, I didn't feel like the show was crappy. Like completely grabby. <laughs> I felt like it had some, it, it felt like it had his highlights. Obviously, everyone watched because they were going to try to see who was going to mention what about Vince, right? And I just want to mention this: this whole thing about walking out because someone mentioned that they're retiring. Uh, to me, I don't know what is their allegiance to this. Like it just sounds so stupid and selfish. Like I understand there's a feeling there. Like okay, mate, you're. LA Knight, you've been here for six days. What are you doing? You know, like, stop Yeah, it. the only thing I will say is LA Knight, we don't know if that happened too, so. Um, no, no, I'm saying, I'm, right, yeah, if, if, if it is that. But, like, yes, I understand, Brock, like. You, but also, you know, like, we don't know what other conversations happened with that is my only thing. I agree with yeah. you on that principle alone, but, you know, maybe they said Vince is out and we're switching the booking on you or whatever. Like, who knows what that looks right, like. Right. Um but uh but yeah no i hear you max yeah yeah and if you know like i mentioned nothing is confirmed about max dupree but i mean that's just me generalizing anyone it could have been anyone i I could be talking about you know mad cat walking out like come on guys let's there's there's a lot there to unpack talk about it have a focus group or something as opposed to acting don't react to it because there's still a lot of things that we don't know and and from the things that we do know there's victims involved so like let's 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 think rationally. Yes, I agree entirely with that. Um, and also to your point of like, is it where you work or is it the guy? Because that's a little bit, a little right, bit wonky. Right. But that caps off our very, very odd day today that I thought was going to be focused around the one year anniversary of the CM Punk story breaking in. Here we are. So thank you guys so much for sticking with us. If you want to see Alex uh Pulowski be drunk on uh the post show for sour graps he's headed over there right now i'm gonna pull audio for this show and probably pop in there real quick and then call it a night myself because tomorrow we have death before dishonor which i'm very excited about so join us on the post show for that if i can still talk by the end of the day i'll be a happy happy camper but alex tell the people where they can find you on social media would you it's very easy and it's free. You can find me on Instagram at Alexis Cardoza altogether. And if you click on my Beacons link in there, the link in bio, you'll see where you can follow me on TikTok and Twitch and everywhere else that I get in trouble at. <laughs> you can, of course, follow me. I'm back on Twitter now at Miss Kate Fabe on Twitter and on TikTok. I'm Kate's Instagrams on Instagram, but you can catch me with Alex Pulaski after this on Fightful Select and for the Death Before Dishonor host show tomorrow. Tuesdays with Alex Pulaski as well, doing sour graphs after NXT and our weird whatever the hell variety hour we're doing over there. Wednesdays at the Mark Order Podcast, breaking down all things all elite for you. And then Fridays back here, usually with Alex, unless the biggest story in wrestling breaks, then I guess Sean has time for us. But we appreciate you so much. Have a safe and wonderful weekend. Stay up to date with everything on Fightful Select this weekend. That story will be continually evolving. And if you have questions for Sean, hop onto that Q&A show thread. Until then, have a great weekend. We're out.
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.